This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I'm Carl Jensen with my co-host. Doug Cunnington. Doug, what have you been doing? Well, I've uh, been a little busy. Um, I'm trying to think with what. I've been traveling a little bit, so I like to take uh, time off when I actually travel, whether it's um, you know for leisure or for business, so I don't have to open my laptop. What that means is I have to work a lot um, as I'm heading out. So technically, I'm I'm producing four podcasts per week, um, which is kind of a lot, but I sort of batch uh, my work. So I have been trying to catch up with that. And otherwise, I've been trying to hit the gym a little bit more. My uh, my wife, she's like, oh, you go to the gym all the time, but you look the same. What are you even doing? And I'm like, oh. I was a little offended. I'm like, this specimen, that's what I said, this specimen, it doesn't just happen. And I've been maintaining for a long time. Um, so that I, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I better work out harder. So I actually have been trying to work out harder. Yeah. I thought you, you had looked, I think I mentioned this when we were at the HQ for Minnie's birthday. Actually, I, I, I thought you did look bigger, like your arms look bigger. I think I even grabbed your arm. Yeah. Yeah. You grabbed a lot of stuff that day, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was, that was a joke. He only touched my arm, even though I was like, Hey man, <laughs> There's more where that came from. Yeah, but it, it might have been a couple seconds too long. I probably shouldn't have <laughs> caressed it. I probably should have just grabbed it and yeah. let go. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So I have been. I've literally tried to. I tried to work out harder and like eat a little more protein and some of the things that I have uh, neglected in the past. So, um, what about you? What's been going on? Yeah. So one cool thing. I was talking to a friend and. Uh, I'm a big Smashing Pumpkins fan, the old band from Chicago. I'm dating myself there. And my friend's like, yeah, they're playing their final show of the tour at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I like seeing them, and I've always wanted to see that venue. I guess it's kind of like Red Rocks, like a nice old outdoor venue. So we bought tickets. I'm going to go in a couple weeks. By the time you hear this, I'm sure it'll be over. But, yeah, November 19th, cool. we head to Los Angeles to see the pumpkins and there's actually a Tesla exhibit opening the next day at the Peterson Auto Museum. So we're going to check that out. Awesome. Yeah. Have you seen the pumpkins before? I have probably more than any other band four or five times. And I, I actually met Billy Corgan. They were filming a video in downtown Chicago. And uh, yeah, he was right there. Oh, yeah. What, what did you say when, when you went to him? <laughs> he, he has a reputation for being quite an ornery person. And uh so I tried to tread very carefully. I, I had the CD. I had learned that they were filming a video there. So I had the CD and I I saw Jimmy Chamberlain in there, who's our drummer. I'm like, hey, do you mind just signing this? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Come on over. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'll sign it. And then uh, he gave it. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And then Billy got it. I'm like, oh, th thank you so much for doing that. I'm going to your show in Milwaukee like uh, the weekend. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go see your, your Zwan. He's, he's like... Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of like handed it back to me without making eye contact, but I can see that they probably get harassed a lot. But uh, yeah, I like to tell myself if we ever get big, Doug, if we ever have millions of fans, like if we're Tim Ferriss times ten, uh, I always tell myself that I'll never treat a fan like that. Although I probably won't. I'll probably turn into a big a hole and yeah, get get away from me, kid. 
I, yeah. No, I, I won't do that. I love my fans. I think, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that won't happen. But, I mean, we have no control over that. So, cool. Well, that'll be exciting coming up in a couple weeks. So, have have a good t- do you wear earplugs when you go to concerts i do okay. yeah i you know, actually i bring multiple kinds so a 25 decibel attenuation and then i've got a lesser one like a 15 so i'll go with the 25 yeah and if it's too quiet then i'll put in the 10 but yeah yeah i've got slight tinnitus because i did not wear earplugs at some concerts that were way too loud so yeah i guard my yeah. hearing like crazy yeah me too like these days um yeah i'm like in a loud bar and it's a little too much for me, me like too. these days. So, um, yeah, I look like a real loser wearing earplugs at places like that, but I do it anyway. Cause like you said, I mean, we have to, you know, use these ears for a long time. Yeah. Better hopefully. than going deaf. Yeah. So we have another mailbag episode today and we're starting off on a, I would say a serious note, uh, Rakesh who, I don't know if he moonlights as a, uh, therapist but or if he's trying to get carl and i to fight or something like that but we have a couple interesting questions from rakesh and then a few more and as always you can shoot us uh other questions you want us to answer it could be fire related it could be about anything uh you could shoot us an email doug at milehighfi.com carl at milehighfi.com and um it goes to both of us uh by the way so don't think like you could say bad stuff about either of us by emailing the other so it goes to both of us All right. All right. First question here. Carl, what things do you want Doug to work on? Oh, man. I have to go first. (laughs) Yeah. This was a pretty hard question because I think you're, and compliment to you, you're in better shape than me. So I really can't criticize you on any of that. I I think you're pretty well adjusted. You do well in social situations. Uh, I think you're a better speaker than me. Uh, so yeah, I, I really struggled with what to do here. And I thought like maybe something funny or what, and I don't know. The only thing I could think of, which I think you've already corrected on, but you told me a long time ago that you usually have, and this may have came up because of newer information from the Huberman podcast, but a long time ago, I think you said you usually have like one or two beers a day sometimes in the afternoon. So the only thing that I could come up with, and this is grasping at straws, because like I said, you are in better shape than me, is uh, maybe less alcohol consumption. Or um, uh, mm-hmm. Myself, I find I enjoy it more if I have it less, like just save it for the weekend or whatever. And, right. and then kind of limit yourself. But yeah, I'm grasping at straws here. So okay. that's pretty weak, but I don't know. What, what do you think? So in, in the, the question is the same back to you. So what should you work on? Or were you asking me what I should work on? Oh, I'm just curious if you think, like, have you already cut down on your alcohol consumption? I have cut down a lot. And the sad part, just like caffeine, I'm sleeping better because I'm drinking less. And, you know, I have been trying to work out a little bit more. And those are, I mean, the alcohol is just empty calories and it kind of fucks up your metabolism. Um, yeah, there was a stretch where I was having like a couple beer, like one to two beers, like every single day. There's another huge stretch of time where I was having like three or four every single day. So that that's like whatever thousand, twelve hundred extra calories, like the kind of beers that I'm drinking, plus all the alcohol. So yeah, I have been cutting back, and I haven't cut it back completely. I was also thinking about the new year, and I know you've talked about you know, to completely stop drinking for like a month or two or even, you know, three months. And I'm not sure I'm going to do that because I, 
I view it kind of as a sustainability thing. So like an inferior diet that you can stick to is better than like the perfect diet that you can't stick to. And it's not, luckily I don't have uh, alcoholism tendencies or anything like that, but I'm like, ah, you know what? I could probably cut it out a lot more and still have a drink here or there. Like for me, it's okay if I have one drink a month or whatever, it doesn't have to be binary and completely shut it out. Um, but yeah, I went on a tangent there, but basically I have cut back on the alcohol a little bit. The the one counter argument I would say, and I didn't read this part of the Huberman Huberman thing, or I did not refer to his source material, but I think he said, if you want to reset your brain, you need to go completely abstinent for like six weeks or something like that. Do you remember that part of the podcast or? Yeah, I I do. Yeah. It was a fairly long stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get what you said about sustainability, but that part, if you could do that for a one-time thing and maybe ratchet up your health or something like that, or maybe do that once a year or something like that, like take that six week break. It sounds, that information sounds kind of dubious to me, uh, to be honest. I don't know how. Right. So I'm distrustful of it, but I, so I need to go back and read it. But if that was true, that'd be the counter argument I'd make to what you said. Yeah. And, and I could, I could certainly see value in that. Um, but there have been, love, love Huberman's uh, stuff overall, but there have been a couple things where I'm like, ah, you know, that works in the clinical study, but like, I, it doesn't seem like it would translate. So one example I sent to you, so this is deep in the weeds, but um, there, there was one where Huberman talked about essentially just like cooling your hands down when you're working out uh, to like lower your body temperature because uh, you're heating up as you're like doing exercise and you have all these huge muscles engaged, right? So the theory is the study says like you cool your hands down, you're going to be able to do some dramatic, huge, like 20% more load and more work. And, you know, I didn't test it exactly, but you played around with it, right? Yeah, I thought it was bullshit. Right. So, I mean, the study says what it says and, you know, people have done it, but like, I suspect there's some stuff that doesn't necessarily translate to normal people. Like maybe these are fucking professional athletes that can push themselves, but we have weak minds, Carl and I. (laughs) So like, we can't, we're like, I'm too tired. And we would probably stop, right? We don't know what our bodies can do and we're not pro athletes, right? So, um, how's that for me justifying not stopping drinking, right? That's, that's a problem. Um, anyway, so I could see doing that. Like I've gone, uh, like a month dry, um, in the last couple of years, done it a couple of times. It's fine. Um, and I would have to replace it with like working out or like something like that, um, where I could like obsess about something else. And I'm like, this is why I'm doing it. I want to put on more muscle or whatever. And then at that point, it's just like pure vanity. Like there's no point in that really. So, okay, cool. Maybe you'll think of more things for me to work on. Anything else off the top of your head? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. You're, you're perfect in most, <laughs> most ways. Okay. So now I have to answer what I want you to work on. So I had to narrow it down. Yeah, there were there were some, there were some make, fucking men. Yeah, we could make like ten episodes out of it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So there there are there are two two areas, and it's not really what I think you should work on. These are things that I think you have said, or at least it's in the subtext. 
So number one, like you have talked about working out a lot, like we did, uh, you know, several episodes on fitness and I know it's a time constraint often. Um, but yeah, if you worked out more and you've, you've said like, I'm working out more, I'm getting to the gym more and I feel awesome. I'm walking, wh whatever it is. Like, you're like, this is great. I love it. And then like life happens and then you get behind and then your habits shift and you just don't have time for it. So that's one. The other one is not sure how to phrase it, but basically you're in a hurry a lot. You have too much stuff going on. And, you know, part of it, you know, came out of nowhere, right? You've been working on your house quite a bit. That's like more than a full-time job and you're thinking about it all the time as well. And I know there are fun parts and you like uh, using your hands and, and building stuff, but you've also said, last house I'm gonna buy, I don't wanna do it anymore. Um, but I, I think that is just a symptom of being too busy. And for me, one thing that I've noticed as I got out of the corporate world and had more freedom with time is it feels real like the, the best thing I could do is not be busy and not be in a hurry. So when I'm not in a hurry, like my stress level is extremely low. But if I'm like running late for something, I'm like, oh no, I'm running late. And that's like, makes me anxious. And you're in a hurry a lot. And I think if you're the same as me, your stress level would drop by like 80% if you're not in a hurry ever. Yeah, I think both these tips are actually related. One thing I've come to lately is I think it's a, at least for me, it's a shitty thing to tell people that I'm too busy. It's an excuse. What I'm really saying, what I say I'm too busy is it's not worth making the time for because I do have the time. I've got money. I don't have a job. I've got kids, which is a little bit of time. But for the most part, I've got seven or eight hours of free during the day. So I'm not too busy to work out. It's that I'm not prioritizing it how it should be prioritized, which is pretty stupid of me because what's more important than your health? So I don't know if I've told you this, but I've come to this conclusion or I've made this change pretty recently. We, Mindy and I joined the gym and we try to go every single day. I went this morning for an hour and a half actually. And we put that in front of everything. I even said, well, if these, if these house projects take another six months because we're at the gym for two hours every morning, who cares? We have enough money. We'll have less for doing it, but we'll have more health and there's nothing more important than that. Uh, as far as the second point, one thing I'm trying to do is if I know I have to be somewhere at three o'clock, I'll try to get there like 15 minutes early, like to pick up my kid. I'll just get there way early and bring a book, not my phone, but, but bring a book and read that in the car. And it is more pleasant. It's so much more pleasant. And I don't think I got anxiety over it, but it puts this cloud over your head where you have to nail the gas to get there on time because you don't want to be there late. And always being in a hurry, always having like some kind of deadline that you're rushing to get to is pretty toxic. I think it weighed on me more than I thought it was doing. So I'm trying. It's still a work in progress. And it's something I've come to pretty recently, actually, within the past month or so. But yeah, it's all related. I need to slow things down, finish my stupid houses, and uh, work on stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I was doing this. I used to love, you know, Microsoft Paint, that yeah. that ancient. I love, like, drawing with that, and I can uh, – it greatly amuses myself. <laughs> you, you know there's something wrong with you when you laugh at your own stuff, but I do. I, I draw stuff in there, and then I'm, I'm laughing at myself, or I'm laughing with myself. I, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure, but, yeah, I really enjoy that, so I should – figure out a way to do more of that and less 
working on the house, which I still enjoy, but it's waning. Yeah. And you've done so much remodeling in the past that it's probably not as novel or fun. It's more like, ah, fuck, they're, they're out of like whatever thing you need. And now you have to like chase it down on the other side of town or something like that. Right. Yeah. If it's a, I think challenges are interesting. And once you become skilled at it, it's less exciting. You don't have those little achievements where, oh man, I figured something out. I solved this problem. Well, no, now I know how to do it all. So like you said, the novelty is mm-hmm. worn off. It's still kind of fun, but not what it used to be. Yeah. Um, one thought on the Microsoft Paint stuff, that could be something that we offer up inside the buy me a coffee area at one of those tiers where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm producing this work of art in MS Paint. And then, you know, we share it in there. Is that something you'd be willing to do? Or are they, are these dirty or what? It's all penises, I think, right? They're not dirty. They're, they're all PG. Some might be PG 13. All right. I'll do the penises with them. Okay, awesome. I'm sure you'll be great at it. One, one side note. So one, thank you, by the way, for uh, having faith in me for that. But I used to get like little post-it notes uh, or scraps of paper and I would draw a, a penis on there. And then I would um, hide it at my friend's, like this is in college, hide it in my friend's places. So I'd put it in like a cabinet or something or like in their couch, knowing like they're not going to find it in their couch until they move. Right, like, like years later, so they're like taking the cushions out and they're like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what is that?" And then I started to get more sophisticated um, and put it in like a remote control, like in the battery compartment. Again, it's like really a, lo- a long play. Um, and then there was another where uh, my friends had a roommate um, who wasn't as uh, I don't know what word you describe us <laughs> as. Um, this guy wouldn't draw penises and do what I just said. So he, he was like a little more proper, I guess. So I think they had a whiteboard on the refrigerator and I drew a penis on there. I probably put a little, uh, like a message up there or something like a little, uh, a chat bubble, you know? And I was like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? Or like, we're out of milk. Or, I don't know what I wrote. Right. <laughs> but, uh, the dude's mom came to visit. <laughs> yeah. So they had like a, an apartment meeting. Like it was, it was bad. Like she was offended. The dude was offended and they told me not to draw penises on the refrigerator anymore. Oh man. So, so yeah. that was the last one. Did you still keep up the post notes after that? <laughs> I think I probably did it for a couple more years. And funny thing, like three months ago, uh, one of my friends from college sent me a text and he was like, did, did you draw this? So he found one. <laughs> fucking 20 years later in something. I don't know where he, he found it. But um, anyway, I got a little, uh, I got a little niche. Uh, I'm quite the artist. Yeah, so. that's pretty good. I, uh, I like that. <laughs> well, we went uh, from serious to uh, off the rails really quick. Okay. <laughs> so next question here, if you're, are you ready to move on? Should we move quickly away from Yeah, that? yeah, we need to move fast. Okay, this is from James via via YouTube here. Uh, I'm on the way to fire, but recently changed our direction to Coast Fi as it'll be achievable much sooner. And after listening to you and others, it seems uh, like most people will still work anyway. I would be interested on your take on Coast Fi and if you would consider doing that if you can go back in time. Thanks, James. Yeah, I think Coast Fi is great. I think it's the proper way to do everything we had uh 
Ah, the fine ears, Jessica yes. from the yeah. fine ears, and that's what they advocate for. And her main point is you should enjoy your life instead of speeding to this thing to that you think will cause greater enjoyment in the future. Find ways for happiness now, and a lot of the, a lot of that involves Kosfi either maybe going part time or finding a position you, you really like, but that might pay a little bit less. Yeah, you have to enjoy the the journey much more important than the goal. So yeah, I'm a big fan of. Coast five. If I could have done it differently, I would have gone part-time much sooner or maybe found a position in a less stressful software development environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I agree 100%. Um, the one thing I'll add is if you have something that you're interested in that you can do on the side, you might be able, you might figure out that you're really good at it and you have more enthusiasm to do that work and you may earn a lot more than you expect. So that could be a perfect way to, you know, get away from the job that you don't like as much and then accidentally earn a lot more money, which is cool. Yeah. I, I've got a question. I got to backtrack a second. <laughs> did, 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 oh, geez. Doug, this is what, did your penis pictures, did they have testicles on them too, or was it just a big dong? Um, definitely testicles. Okay. And often what I would do. I would do like angry eyebrows, you know, like at an angle. And then there would be like eyes. And um, there's like a little face. They were like little people, you know. Would they be like standing up like that kind of? Um, <laughs> not, not completely like erect, like the gesture you just made. But more, I would say like semi-erect. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes uh. there's veins. I'll, sh I'll show you my, uh, my book. My book upstairs. Yeah, you should come out with a, uh, yeah, like one of those coffee table books. Yeah. The work of Doug, have your picture on the front. Yeah, I don't think my picture will be on there. <laughs> but maybe in the sleeve, you know. Yeah, we can self-publish this. You might want to come up with a pseudonym for that. Yeah, I think there's, there's something there's something to that. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, man. Close <clears throat> five person. Yeah. That was, a, that was a good question. Yeah, Kosfi, I think it's legit. All right, as we're moving on, we have uh, Patrick from BC. Is that British Columbia? Is that yes. Yeah, hello, cool. Canada. Awesome. So this is for Carl. What's up with the bidet? Yeah. How, he, yeah, go ahead. So he actually asked me a lot of questions. He asked which one I got, if I got one with fancy features, and how it's been going. So I got the simplest one because I'm cheap. I just got like the $29 one from Amazon. I don't even know what brand it is. Like they've got all kinds of fancy ones with heaters and stuff like that on there. So you don't have to spray cold water on your ass. I think they have ones with screens so you can aim the stream of water. No, I just made that up. But if I could find one, they should have an app for it where you pull up your phone and then and you, you aim. Yeah, you aim like the Death Star trying to shoot the stream down the <laughs> tunnel or whatever at the end. S spoiler alert, I just spoiled the end of the Star Wars 4. But yeah, the truth is, it is still sitting there in its box, and I was, it, it. So every time I go in the bathroom, I see it sitting there, and I don't know what my apprehension is. I part of it's being busy, not making time for it, and part of it's just a, it's kind of weird. I've never actually used this thing before, so I guess I've got some maybe subconscious apprehension to installing it. But I am going to do it. I'm going to do it before the year is up, and I'll come back with a full report on it. Have Have you ever actually used one, Doug? Or? I have not. I don't have anything against it, um, but yeah, I've never used it. And there was actually, there's a listener who reached out and I think it's a, a pretty high-end brand and I'm trying to find it on my phone here, but I, I don't think I'll find it in time. Um, but it was, 
even with um, like a coupon code, it was like a little pricey for me. It was like, it was like multiple hundreds of dollars, but it was like heated water, uh, heated seat. I think there was um, like LED uh, lighting, like a nightlight kind of thing. I mean, it looked really nice. Like you, maybe you wouldn't want to get up <laughs> like that nice. Um, so I think, you know, some people are into it. And I would maybe say it's something like, um, like a mattress or shoes or something like that, where it's like, maybe you should spend more money on it. Like what kind of toilet paper do you use these days? Uh, the Kirkland brand Costco. Okay. It's a pretty nice, it's like why those are, that's the wide sheets, right? Yeah. It's pretty soft. I don't cheap out on toilet paper. That's one thing you got to spend money on. Yeah. Spend money on it. But yeah, you'll have to, um, You'll have to give us a report once you do hook it up. It's pretty easy, right? You just hook up the water or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I got to do it. I'll, I'll do it. Maybe I'll even do it this week. But I did I ever tell you my German bidet story when we were in Germany? Or I, I don't remember. Maybe you did. Yeah, so apparently there's different kinds. We go to Germany and they had one there. They had the toilet and they had the thing next to it, which was a, a bidet. So I'm like, this is cool. I'm going to check it out. And then I started looking at it. And I don't know if you can picture this in your head. It's like a little bowl. And then it's got a faucet on the end. I'm like, well, the faucet goes down. Am I supposed, and actually, this is going to get a little bit graphic, but I'm like, am I supposed to somehow like wedge my behind in there <laughs> under the falling water because it didn't spray up? I'm like, what is, what's going on here? This isn't like the bidets I envisioned. And it turns out you're supposed to fill this thing up with water. And then I think so. I think I looked this up actually. You're supposed to fill it up with water, stick your rear in there. And then I think, uh, Stick your hand in there or a brush or something. I'm like, I'm out. I don't want, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you fill it with water and then bidet fairies come out and sort of scrubbing away or something. I, I would like that. That'd be great. Like some little drones come out with like little scrub brushes or like those scrubbing bubbles from the commercial. I think that'd be quite enjoyable. But this, I think you're supposed to use your hand. Correct me if I'm wrong, readers. I'm sorry if I'm offending Germans or Europeans. But yeah, I think that's what you were supposed to do. And I don't know. I guess if that's all you know, maybe it's normal, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That, that does sound um, dirty. Sounds, sounds dirty to me. Cool. So maybe that'll be that'll be something we'll talk about again. And up next again for you, Carl, uh, long-term versus short-term rental. Yeah. So this is from Patrick again, and he was asking uh, whether he should do like an Airbnb type situation or a long-term rental. And I think this depends on a couple things. Number one, it depends on where you live. If you think a short-term rental could do well. And this one, we know a couple people who have short-term rentals here in Longmont. And I, I don't know, like Longmont's a cool place, but it's not like a destination place. But these people kill it. They're making, at least in the hot months, like 5000 a month. And if this thing was a long-term rental, they might get 2000 if they were lucky. So they're, they're just absolutely killing it. And it turns out a lot of people are staying Longmont because Boulder is too expensive or that's booked up. So they have no choice but to come here. But what difference does it make? So that would be my the first thing I would ask if an Airbnb is even viable where they live. I would follow the regulations too. You don't want to get busted for having an illegal one. So assuming it is viable it, and you can get the permit for it, my next question would be, are you going to be able to handle the frequent turnover of it? Uh, cleaners are pretty hard to find. We got a, a quote for actually the co-working space and it was – like a hundred, it was $90 an hour to clean the spot, which for one person, which kind of took me back. I'm like, man, I never made that as a computer person. It kind of made me want to become a cleaner actually. But 
Uh, if you don't want to clean it yourself, are you going to be able to find reliable, good people to clean it? And that part is very important, too. I was talking to a, another local who had a bunch of Airbnbs, and they said people have pretty high expectations. If they find a hair in the bed, they're going to freak out and give you a bad review, and then no one's going to rent your place anymore. So it's got to be your cleaner or you, if you clean it yourself, you really have to know what you're doing and have it be a, a perfect experience. Uh, so that's number two. And the other thing I had, and that might actually be it, I, I guess. I'll, I guess the other thing I like about a short-term rental is if you have a bad long-term tenant, they can make your life miserable. This actually happened to friends of ours where this person wouldn't move out. And this happened like in April. And if this person would have moved out on time, they could have had their house on the market before everything went to hell. And this person refused to move out. They had to get an attorney and all this shit. And by the time the person moved out, the, the housing market had turned, you know, how fast it turned over the summer. And now this thing is still on the market for sale after all this time. So a bad tenant can make your life miserable. If you've got a short-term uh, rental, they're going to be out in a couple of days and then you'll never have to see them again. And I think there's actually better screening through Airbnb because if someone goes into your place and screws it up, uh, hopefully the person renting the place would leave them a bad review. Or another strategy is not to rent to people who have zero reviews, but you can filter the person. I mean, that's why Amazon works so great too. You can filter people and there's a peer review process in that, which isn't necessarily the case with a long-term rental. You, renter, you could check their references, but they're probably not going to give you any people who are going to say bad things about them. So yeah, I, I don't know. It depends on your situation, what you have time for. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. And I, you know, I don't play in the rental game, so I have no comment. <laughs> awesome. All right. Last question here. This is from Glenn in Colorado. In your most recent episode, you both remarked that you've experienced an increase in willpower since retirement and wondering if there's any tricks to activating that superpower. Glenn retired about 14 months ago and he thought that he would do less stacking and have a better workout routine. But he says, uh, thus far, I've kept my early morning workout and probably get um, a little more walking on most days, but the eating has escaped me. I've used to, I used to think that stress uh, caused the eating and snacking, but it turns out uh, after retiring, he's not getting any measurable stress and he's still eating the same. He's put on eight pounds since he stepped out of the rat race. So yeah, willpower. What do you think, Carl? Uh, yeah, that's probably the most important thing that's changed is the result of me not having a job, uh, because I can do, you can only handle so much crap thrown at you in the course of a day before you bend and then you start doing bad things like eating crap or not going to the gym or whatever. Uh, the suggestions, I've got two quick suggestions for him. The number one one would be to try intermittent fasting. Don't eat till noon or stop your eating after a certain time to shorten the window of time you eat. And then it becomes an all or nothing situation. You can't snack, you can't eat anything before noon. So the net result of that is that I end up eating less, even though I have the same junk around. The other quick suggestion I give to him is, it's a lot easier to not buy something at the grocery store than to not eat it once it's in your house. So just don't have that shit that's really tempting. If you don't have it in your house, it's a pretty big barrier to have to go to the grocery store or go to a fast food restaurant or whatever to eat it. So create those barriers to make it more difficult to eat the junk. Mm -hmm. even, even like something small, like putting it downstairs or something like that, where it's like 
just 15 more seconds. Sometimes that'll deter people from doing stuff. Um, on the other side of this, one thing that has helped me in the past, um, especially like when I used to run, for example, and I would do half marathons, I had like some training that I had to do for a long period of time. And I knew like if I ate too much or if I drank the day before, like a long training run or something, that it would mess up the run and it would mess up my plans and the whole system that I set up. So there was like a clear consequence of me eating that food. So may, I mean, it sounds like you do want to walk more, you want to like get in shape. So maybe you set something up where it's like you have a clear goal and if you eat, it's going to fuck up your plans. So I had a consequence that was very clear. It didn't matter to anyone else except for me. So it was only for me um, to, to train, but that has helped me out. And I think, you know, I still use those little uh, sort of tricks where I'm like, well, if I want to do this thing, I have to do these couple prerequisites ahead of time. Um, have you ever done anything like that or? No, I don't think I have. I'm curious to try it though. Yeah. And it, it worked well for me. Um, everyone, you know, they have a uh, different self-discipline or, or whatever. So it may not work for you, but that, that was pretty effective for me. Um, that is, um, like I, my motivation is within or something like that. And then if you're externally motivated, you can do a similar thing like with a group. So maybe it's like group workouts where like people are counting on you. Like if you and I were supposed to go running like three times a week, like you wouldn't bail out because you know that I'm counting on you to show up. And if you didn't show up, like I'd be upset. So some people have like an external, um, external motivation. That's what it's called. So external motivation. If that's your thing, then figure out a group where people are relying on you. And if you don't do it, then they'll be all upset and sad that you failed. Yeah. Maybe find an accountability partner, like, uh, yeah. tell your wife or partner that every time you eat something shitty, you have to text them. Yeah. 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 And I think there's probably like some online coaching things you could do like that too. So awesome. Any, any other thoughts overall, Carl? No, I think that's it, Doug. Awesome. So uh, one last thing. Thanks for hanging on. If you dig the show and you want to support us, we have a buy me a coffee situation. It's like Patreon, but it's just a different website. You can uh, sign up for a subscription. That's what we love the most. There's some special bonuses. Sometimes you get to hang out with uh, Carl and I on a quarterly basis for like a Zoom call. Um, Carl has some uh, interesting drawings he might share. I might share some of mine too. I'm not sure. Those are X-rated, so. Yeah, we can incorporate. I was working on a new shirt with a rocket on it, but maybe we incorporate your artwork that you mentioned in this show, like combine the two. The, the SpaceX rockets kind of look like a big dong, don't they? They've got the thing yeah. on top. Yeah, I, th I think so. And, and the thing is like any of those uh, special drawings, those will be opt-in. So just to be clear, um, we're not going to force those up like anyone to see that if you want it you can ask us and then you know if you're at the right tier you can see them so i just want to you know want to make that clear this is a weird episode <laughs> hopefully we have some listeners after this episode yeah so thanks for the support if you do want to help us out you can check out the buy me a coffee link out there in the show notes so thanks carl thank you thanks for listening to the show that was the mile high five podcast and i'm doug cunnington the balder host and carl jensen is the cool sexy one if you dig the show please do three things for us number one tell a friend a family member an enemy about the show we really don't care who you tell 
maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week.